Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading chapter 1 from the book of Joel. Yahweh's word that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders, and listen, all you inhabitants of the land. Has this ever happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it, and have your children tell their children and their children another generation. What the swarming locust has left, the great locust has eaten. What the great locust has left, the grasshopper has eaten. What the grasshopper has left, the caterpillar has eaten. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up on my land, strong and without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a lioness. He has laid my vine waste and stripped my fig tree. He has stripped its bark and thrown it away. Its branches are made white. Mourn like a virgin dressed in sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The meal offering and the drink offering are cut off from Yahweh's house. The priests, Yahweh's ministers, mourn. The field is laid waste. The land mourns, for the grain is destroyed. The new wine has dried up, and the oil languishes. Be confounded, you farmers. Wail, you vineyard keepers, for the wheat and for the barley, for the harvest of the field has perished. The vine has dried up and the fig tree withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered, for joy has withered away from the sons of men. Put on sackcloth and mourn, you priests. Wail, you ministers of the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you ministers of my God, for the meal offering and the drink offerings are withheld from your God's house. Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of Yahweh your God, and cry to Yahweh, Alas for the day, for the day of Yahweh is at hand, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. Isn't the food cut off from before our eyes? joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seeds rot under their clods. The granaries are laid desolate. The barns are broken down, for the grain has withered. How the animals groan. The herds of livestock are perplexed, because they have no pasture. Yes, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. Yahweh, I cry to you, for the fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame has burned all the trees of the field. Yes, the animals of the field pant to you, for the water brooks have dried up, and the fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. That is the end of chapter 1. After thinking about reading some of the longer prophetic books that went with the time period of First and Second Kings, I thought more about reading some of the shorter prophetic books first, and while evaluating that, I noticed a couple of things. First, 
many of these books, the shorter prophetic books, can be placed with a fair amount of certainty on the timeline because they refer to historic events recorded in the Bible by names or events that they can be clearly connected with. But Joel is not one of these. Even Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones only tentatively places Joel at 820 BC, plus or minus. This would make it one of the first prophetic books written. The only one listed earlier was Jonah, which he shows as having been around 825 BC and possibly earlier. All of the shorter prophetic books are after the times of Elijah and Elisha. In fact, so are Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. And even though they don't get written until after Elisha dies, there are actually about 46 years that are there's not much said about Elisha until that final time right before he dies. So for a little bit more chronological placement, possible placement of the book of Joel, the date of 820 BC would put him well within the reign of Amaziah, king of Judah, and near the beginning of the reign of Jeroboam, the second king of Israel. Joel begins by calling everyone to listen. He is going to proclaim something happening that is unique, something uniquely terrible. It becomes apparent when the whole book is read and when you take into account that Peter references it in Acts 2 verses 16 through 21, that Joel is describing something more than just events in his time period. And this can make sense also of the idea of it not being placed on the timeline, is that it's not supposed to be strongly associated with any place else in the timeline, but with its prophetic mention of the day of the Lord. The description in verses 6 through 7 about the lion's teeth and all is similar to Isaiah 529 which is also part of describing the destruction of God's vineyard or land. And whenever these things do take place that Joel is talking about, the context is that it will take place when it is expected or people are expecting to be able to offer sacrifices in Yahweh's house. Yahweh's house will be there. You can see that from verses 13 and 14. The use of the fig tree as part of the description of the judgment makes the incident where Jesus withers the fig tree have more prophetic meaning about the judgment of Jerusalem for not recognizing her king. And that's told about in Matthew 21, verses 19, 19 through 20, and Mark chapter 11, verses 13 through 14, and then also verses 20 through 21. And clearly the response to all the devastation is supposed to be to cry to Yahweh, see verse 14. So we see all the land and animals suffering for the sins of the people, just like all of creation suffers because of our sin. In verse 19, Joel gets personal in that he says, Yahweh, I cry to you, indicating that either he is being impacted some in real time by some version of these things, or he is crying out for what is going to happen, or both. This wouldn't be the first prophecy to have double implications. The phrase, the day of Yahweh, in verse 15, indicates a very specific point in time when destruction will come. There is judgment, there is repentance, there is forgiveness, but at some point there will be the day of the Lord, the day of Yahweh. If you just do a word search or a phrase search for the day of the Lord, you see it referred to in Isaiah chapter 2, 12, chapter 13, verse 6, and chapter 13, verse 9, then in Jeremiah forty-six ten. 
Ezekiel 13.5 and 30 verse 3. It's mentioned in Joel four times. It's mentioned in Amos chapter 5 in the short book of Obadiah and in both Zephaniah and Zechariah. It's also mentioned in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 5 and in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 14, in 1 Thessalonians 5 2, and in 2 Peter 3 10. When I looked up the book of Joel on koinoniahouse.org, Chuck Missler says that the name Joel means Yahweh is God. That seems to also fit very snugly with this whole message. However, the book of Joel is one cohesive message, so we need to read the rest of it to more fully understand it. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.